One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selective top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how'd you hear about Turing, make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, specifically tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 is in the month June, and get that remote engineering team today, not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Nick Donahue, who is the co-founder and CEO of Atmos. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Really excited to dig into what you are working on. For people that don't know what Atmos is, can you tell us what you're working on? Yeah, so we're basically creating a platform for building custom homes. Uh, think of it similar to like a Tesla car configurer for a house. Typically right now when a home buyer goes to build a custom home, they tend to become the project manager of their own build, having to coordinate between the different parties from like a realtor to an interior designer, architect, builder, without really any understanding of what they should be looking for or what the next steps might be. And so we've created this um, kind of managed marketplace that vets these different parties and then steps the client through every part of the process from choosing their land on through to actually moving in. Okay, so let's talk about the user experience for uh, a user of this. And I'll just use me as an example. As we were talking about before this, you know, I've been in the same apartment for almost four years, probably going to move soon. I'm like kind of in your market. So it's like kind of like just chat about like if I was to use this, what that would what that would look like. So let's say I decided I wanted to use Atmos um, to, to, to build a house or find a house. What, what happens? How does that work? Can you kind of walk me through the experience? Yeah. So you would, you would come onto the site, um, type in one of the cities that you're interested in building in, and uh, basically it would show you all the lots that are available in that given city, whether it's an open lot or a teardown. Um, and then hopefully soon we'll be adding communities as well. Um, but for now, just open lots and teardowns. Uh, you'd save a bunch of different lots that you are looking at. Um, and then you would then go to your floor plans, which would show you over 10,000 floor plans that we have on the site. You can filter through them, find something that's pretty close to what you're looking for, and then make the minor adjustments later. Um, and, and then lastly is where you are in the review page where you can kind of mix and match these different floor plans with these different lots and see uh, what the pricing ends up coming out to be, um, as well as getting pre-approved um, through a partnered lender that we have. Um, at this point was when you would basically hop on a call with us. Uh, we would then pull in a partnered realtor, unless you already have a realtor. That realtor would help you on the land side of things, kind of narrowing down your lot selection, getting uh, the actual bid out. Um, and then we would help you on the, the home plan side of things and finalize what you actually want to build before sending it out to uh, bid uh, for local builders. 
This is awesome. So you're not a so tell me correct me if, if I'm wrong, but you're not necessarily a place that's like oh we'll show you all the other options out there and pick the best one. You're like a no we'll you'll like with with Atmos you'll build a house. So is it is it like I pick something that doesn't exist and it's built with Atmos? Is that is that the idea? Um, or if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. Um, we work with local custom builders um, that are a part of our network, but you're pretty much building through us. We're helping project manage it. Like we give every build uh, a concierge that will basically answer any questions and step you through every part of the process um, so that you don't have to do that because it usually ends up becoming like a second time or second full-time job for uh, people doing this. So that's super interesting because as someone that hasn't done so much research in this world of like me wanting to move into a house at some point, um, I, I think like I inherently feel like I will, before we started talking, I'd be like, oh, of course, I'll like see what's already available, see, see what houses are built and, you know, which ones are cost effective, et cetera. But you're, you're introducing a new element, which is like, no, you don't necessarily move into a new house. You build your own. I'd love to hear, I guess now just going a little bit into the origin of the story, how would you decide to take that approach and instead of finding houses that are already built, build your own? And also just for me as a, as a consumer and might be a potential user, like, like what are the benefits of building a house from scratch versus finding a house that's already built? I haven't thought about that much. and I think it's super interesting. Yeah, so what, what, what we find with a lot of clients who are moving into these secondary markets that we're focused on, like Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, Atlanta, and such, um, is that there's tons of demand and not enough supply of quality homes. And so whenever you end up moving into these markets, you're like looking on the market for five, six, seven months before you ever find something that you're, you actually want. Um, and anything that is good that ends up going on the market instantly goes off because uh, people snatch it up in, uh, in, within the first few days. Um, and so the idea is that we kind of make it accessible to build exactly what you're looking for at any point and uh, ends up being about the same amount of time um, as if you had just started from the beginning wanting to build. Got it. That's, that's awesome. How do you, th- how do you pick markets? Well, actually, I, I actually want to start with a, with a different question. I saw that, I don't know, in the last week or two, I'm pretty sure this was you. There was a calculator that showed how, how much farther your money would go in like a different market. Um, and I'm, it blew up and I'm sure you got tons of leads from that. I'm curious, how do you, do you help people move to any market or are there specific markets that you're looking at? And if that's the case, like how do you pick a market? Yeah, so we're currently focused on Raleigh-Durham and Charlotte as our initial markets. I'm originally from Raleigh-Durham. Um, and know Charlotte super well. But the thing that we looked for in, in these markets is that are like super high, high hyper growth secondary tech cities um, where a lot of people are moving to from these primary cities like SF, New York, LA. Um, and we had, because we're so ingrained with like the realtor networks in these places, we had heard from them that they were seeing like 4X, 5X increase in demand just purely from people coming from like New York. Um, and our, our first customer uh, was someone who had moved from the Bay Area and was a remote worker for Envision. And so we saw this trend that was going on and thought that there could be an opportunity there if it's actually real. Um, Because you see plenty of people talking about this on on Twitter about wanting to move out of the valley and seeing how uh, living in a shoot box isn't uh, the best thing. Um, And and so we ended up kind of creating this tool within a five-day period and releasing it and it blew up, as you had mentioned. Uh, And so now we're kind of using it as a way for us to see, well, what are the next markets we want to go to uh, and build up that wait list prior to going into them? 
All right, I have to ask a self-indulgent question. Where where do you see Phoenix as a market? Um, I, did they get any interest on your tool? And just curious, like I, I grew up here. I probably won't live here forever, but I'm curious, how do you look at Phoenix? Yeah, we, we've definitely seen some interest in Phoenix, uh, but more so because like a lot of prop tech companies have moving moved there, like you've seen with Coldestack. Um, it's just like a, an open door as well. It is, it's like a very interesting market because of the pure size of it. But the, I, it's most likely going to be like the next phase um, because the, the biggest ones that we were seeing were like Denver, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, um, Austin, um, and so uh, in Portland. And so those are probably going to be the next few that we end up launching in. But Phoenix is definitely on, on the top of our list. Well, if you launch in Denver, I'll, I'll be excited because that's definitely on my short list of places that that, that we want to move to. It's Denver, um, Boulder, you know, Denver, Boulder area or L.A. And I'm, I'm sure you're probably not targeting L.A. But if, if, if you move, move, go to Denver, I will uh, I will definitely use the tool. Would love to hear like how do you. What's your, you're, you kind of have this trend, right? That you already mentioned it, where you got a lot of people living in cities where it's expensive, especially I feel like recently. And even the last like two weeks, like people are really trying to get out of the cities. How, how do you know what to say in your marketing to like speak to these people um, and, and, and actually nail it? Cause I feel like there's a, there's a chance that if you say the wrong thing, it won't align. And you know, it just like, you don't capture the opportunity, but obviously everyone, like a lot of people are trying to move out now. How do you think about your brand and your marketing and making sure you're, you're saying the right kind of things to, to this right audience? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is around uh, aligning ourselves with the actual trend itself, rather than feeling like we're having to pitch like our product through the entire, uh, like promotion. I think a lot of companies get stuck in like, well, I got to make sure I mention whatever the heck I'm doing versus just kind of being focused on, well, what is the trend that people are really frustrated with? And like, how can you kind of touch on the nerve? Cause that will ultimately cause people to click on whatever it might be. And in return, you can promote better when you hit the site kind of stuff. Um, and it was pretty easy for it to resonate because we experienced the problem firsthand. Like we're in the Bay area and have been considering moving for a while. So it's like, a pain point that we're feeling as well. What do you think the, you'll say five years from now, um, is, is San Francisco going to be still as strong as it is now, but like it's just kind of a little more distributed? Do you think some of these other sectors that you're targeting will have a chance to rise up? Can you, can you predict, I guess, what the lay of the land will be five years from now, um, you know, of where the power is in tech and in innovation? Yeah, I mean, at least in the short term, I, I think what, what we'll see is a lot of these companies um, with like Coinbase and Twitter and Box going fully remote, even Facebook allowing people to go remote, um, is going to enable this mass movement. Not yet. I don't think like the, the real wave is here. I think it's just the interest. Like people, everyone's kind of setting up for it. Um, and I think when it's actually going to happen is, is this, in this, when winter comes and we have the second uh, outbreak, in my opinion, that might not actually happen. Uh, it, it, people will be forced to go back inside. And because the lay of the land has been set up and all the pieces are in place, it allows people to finally say, you know what, I've thought about this. Like, I'm able to do it. Let's just do it. Um, and that will be the kind of the mass migration happening. Um, and I'm not too sure how that will affect uh, Sil Silicon Valley in the long term. I think at the end of the day, I, I think there's been a trend already where you have like some companies who are putting their executive teams and 
in the Bay Area, and then the, their other teams are kind of distributed, whether it's a sales team in Salt Lake City or an engineering team in Raleigh, um, whatever that might look like, I think you will still have the concentration of at least founders in the Bay Area. It's just that there's all of these other parties that don't have to be here, like a software engineer or a salesperson who isn't really getting that value of being here, but is spending like they are, um, and in return, just like wasting a lot of money um, and also kind of making everyone else have to spend a lot of money when in reality, uh, it, it's, I see it kind of like a brush fire um, in a forest. It's kind of clearing out the, the, the kind of smaller shrubbery and allowing kind of the forest to grow again. Um, and I think that's what it kind of is all preparing for. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. For me, like, I think that I definitely feel like there will be a little a slight exodus from San Francisco, and I, I hope that prices go down a little bit. Um, and then, like, I feel like if that happens, I'll just move to San Francisco because, like, I, I've lived unlike a lot of these people. I I've never lived in a city, or I guess Phoenix is a city, but it, you know, not really, right? Not compared to an LA and New York or San Francisco. I've always like itched to like to, to, to be in one of these hubs. So I'm kind of hoping that everyone gets to where they want. Like the people can you know live in Nebraska, work at Coinbase, and be happy. And then the price goes down in San Francisco, and then I can move to San Francisco, and then yeah, you know not pay an arm and a leg. <laughs> Exactly. I think that is what's coming. And so, I, like I said, I think it's going to enable like distributed teams and in return, you'll have the founders, execs and that sort of stuff still based in the Bay Area, but yeah. long term, it'll move elsewhere for the rest of the company. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Uh, so I have a couple more questions about just how, how it works. And then we'll, we'll move to the to the, the final couple of questions. So let's say I, I signed up for Atmos. So are you I guess I'm a little confused on the difference between what pretty much what Atmos does and then what the providers do. Would you say you're pretty much like the project management software to keep everything organized, but all the vendors and the vendors and whatnot are coming from outside or people that you recommend, or can you kind of describe that dynamic within Atmos? Yeah. I mean, the, the, big value add is the it's, it's a one-stop shop so rather than you having to go to zillow to figure out your land find a realtor from your best friend or go to house to talk to five or six different builders um some architectural site to get your plan done uh, we've kind of brought these things together um in the same sense that you already would but instead of you having to go and vet them and figure out well what does a good architect look like or what does a good builder look like um we can you can kind of trust the brand and hopefully over time um uh, just that, that grows and people are just willing to say, okay, cool. I know the second I choose this house plan and this lot, everything's going to be handled and I'm going to have my house built uh, in the next like six to eight months. Um, and in return, like that, that trust allows you to kind of buy things off the shelf that normally you would have to be worrying about every second, every step of the way. And one more question and then we'll move on to, to the big vision is, do you see, this might be a weird question but i'm like a very much so an entrepreneur and a founder type person so i am curious do you see a world where um entrepreneurs and founders are building houses putting the investment into create a house just to then either not necessarily flip it but turn into like an airbnb rent it out things like that like do you see this as a asset for business people or um is it mainly residential for for the near and midterm we're definitely focused more on the residential, but we've had real estate investors come to us and even land developers interested in using the site in the same sense, because like the process is pretty similar for both of them. Um, obviously what they're looking for uh, is a bit different because they want returns and so they want the cheapest price or whatever that might look like. Um, but for the most part, we're able to handle both those. Our focus is still the though just on like 
residential with your typical uh, someone who's at an inflection point in their life kind of thing. Makes sense. So let's look out. You, you've built something pretty special, getting some traction, building some growth tools that are giving you, you know, a lot of attention, which is great. Let's, let's look out though, you know, in a decade or two, what does the world look like with Atmos and more so just what's your vision that you, that you're, that you're rowing to and what will Atmos look like, you know, in a decade or two, once that vision is realized? Yeah. Um, I mean, long-term, long, long-term, we, we want to actually kind of redefine what a home is. And I think we have a good idea of what that might look like. Um, but in terms of the next like 10 years, our, our goal is to kind of get ourselves deeply integrated um, with the network and uh, kind of be able to start plugging in new technologies like let's say prefabbing and modular where typically you don't have the scale necessary uh, to make it affordable or uh, make it competitive with stick building in a place like Raleigh, Durham, or Charlotte. And so the idea is that we, if we can become that like kind of front face, aggregate the demand side of things, and it becomes very easy for us to start plugging in these things into our network of builders that already exist because at the end of the day, you still do need to do stick building um, you still need to take the modules onto site and then assemble them there. But in terms of uh, long term, I think as well as when you think about the home building space, you don't really think about brands, right? They're like the top builder in the U.S. is D.R. Horton and no one's like bragging about the new D.R. Horton home they just bought. Um, and so I think that there's something really missing there where like when you think about cars or you think about clothing, you really think about brands. And so we're hoping with um, one of the partnerships that we're doing uh, now with a company called Bumblebee Spaces, is this ability to kind of enable people to release like lines of homes, whether that's like Google having a Google home one day or Apple um, or Bumblebee or Tesla or whoever it might be. And in return, we could be the railings that kind of enable um, these things to be built. Um, but uh, long, long term, what, where we see kind of homes actually changing uh, is we think that there's this huge movement coming with like spatial intelligence and Amazon's proving this with their um, kind of uh, super aware stores. Um, and we think that there have been fundamental shifts through the last 2000 years where uh, you, with the introduction of aqueducts, you had like kind of the water system and the plumbing system introduced, um, the HVAC system, electrical system. And we think the next kind of wave is compute um, and compute will be as essential as water, air um, and electricity. And we think that basically every home will have a brain to it and every space within that will have devices that are co constantly monitoring and aware of every person within it and automating every aspect of your life. Um, and then one day AR will finally be introduced and that will be the medium in which you interact with the space and you interact with the, the people within the space and can kind of um, have the, this compute offloaded to the, the, that kind of central compute system. I hope what you're describing right now is pretty much Disney's version of Smart House from 2005. <laughs> yeah. And then when you, when you spill the blender, the floor just eats it. And I just don't have to clean it up or anything. No, I'm just joking. But that's awesome. You've obviously, you're obviously the right person to be building this. I, I love when I just like love founders, founders that just are doing their thing, like, you know, and are just at work. They can build what they need to build today, but also build what they need to build for 20 years from now. It's just great. I love it. So you have a lot of work ahead of you. You might need some more investors, maybe some more employees, definitely customers, things like that. But you also need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you, how can the forward-thinking founders community help you bring your vision closer? Um, is there an ask that you have for anyone listening? Yeah, I mean, a few things. As you had already mentioned, we are looking to hire um, some software engineers at the moment, but um, more uh, Broadly, we're looking for kind of partnerships with 
other prop tech companies that think uh, that an integration with what we're doing could be helpful. And uh, we've already had a lot thus far, but um, we're definitely looking for other companies to work with. Um, outside of that, uh, obviously, if you're looking to move out of the Bay Area, New York, or LA uh, to one of these secondary cities and would love to build, we would love to talk to you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I think what you're building is really special and I'm looking forward to following along. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they have going on and if you go over to turing.com t-u-r-i-n-g.com tell them matt sherman sent you tell them matt sherman six six being the month of june thanks for listening to today's episode and i'll see you tomorrow peace